Hi, I'm Spicy Dicey. And I'm Chantal Renee. And, and we, we love, love sex and horror. These are topics we love to write about as published authors. I love all things spicy and dicey. And I'm a big fan of sex and the sinister. Thanks for joining us for some dark, twisted, sexy, uncensored fun as we discuss sex, sex and, and horror. Dicey and Chantel here for another excellent episode. It's just the two of us. That's right. Sex and horror coming at you live and not really live. Not live. <laughs> <laughs> live for us, but... But alive. <laughs> yeah, alive. Yeah. Um, we. It's just the two of us because... Even though we enjoy having our guests, we still have some things that we want to, to bring to you, some things that, that we are passionate about, and uh, we want to do this before we get back into having the guests, basically. Yes. Yeah. And this episode's kind of half a prequel for next week. Mm-hmm. Well, we're doing a crossover episode with Cult 45 Podcast, and so we're, it's going to be the four of us discussing It Chapter 2. Yes. I'm That's so excited. I already have my ticket. <laughs> So that's one of the things we're doing uh, next week. We also have some other news. Some of the cons that we have coming up. We're doing Scary Dad. What's the name of that? Is that the end? Scary Dad Haunted Halloween Expo, I think it is. Okay. And that's going to be September 29th at the Galleria. Mm, September 28th. Yes, that's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> at the, I think it's the Galleria. Galleria um, uh, I can't remember the hotel name. Marriott. Marriott. That's yeah. right. Thank goodness that you're here. <laughs> And then, and if you're watching our, if, if you're goddamn watching, I mean, if you're listening to our, see, I'm just putting that out into the universe. One day we might have a TV show. Hey, you never know. Yeah. If you're listening to our podcast on a regular basis, uh, then this is going to be exclusive news, but we are also doing the Sex and Horror Podcast at Pandemic. That's right. Super yes. excited. That's our big con for this year. And when we get more information, we'll be sure to share it here first. And then, of course, the, the very last of the year in December, we are uh, guests for the very first nerd convention, NerdCon. Mm-hmm. December 7th. That's going to be a lot of fun. Those guys are really supportive to us. Yeah. And although um, South by Southwest voting uh, is over, we do want to thank you all again who took the time to vote up. Uh, and our share. Podcast. Yes. Vote up, share, and comment on that. We really appreciate that. You know, I've been talking about this a little bit, Chantel, but this was a moment of truth for me. Yeah. This was the first time I actually reached out to people and asked them to to actually do something, you know, yes. and it was a free thing. It didn't take very long. Some people had some issues with... Um, Technical issues. Yeah. And yeah. that makes sense. It's a very busy Mm-hmm. Right. Website. The servers were probably yeah. over flooded and all that. But for the most part... I, I got some good receptions, and I'm glad I did reach out to people because they followed through and they voted. Other people, not so much. Yeah, you know, things like this show people's true colors. Oh, yeah. So I've been on a blocking spree again. <laughs> Bottom line. There's been some heads on the chopping block. <laughs> but some of it has just been kind of irritating. Like, mm-hmm. one person used to tag me in a whole bunch of stuff, and I've never said anything, just like it and move on. And then when I asked for this, they came back and they said, this is un- this unsolicited email or unsolicited message about South by Southwest is not appreciated. Don't do it again. I went off. I bet you did. Rude. <laughs> I mean, that's just so rude. You have the, the balls to do that to me, but I can't do something back. Come on now. Then there was somebody. They they DM me first now. I don't I don't go to anybody's page and say, I, I don't spam other people that sure. I've never had any communication with. But they come to my page, DM. And then when I sent back the message about, you know, voting, then th- this one particular person, they couldn't, they didn't have an email address or something, so they couldn't vote. Okay, fine. I said, well, I appreciate you even trying. I'm being kind, right? Thank yeah. you for trying. Came, they came back with a hi a few days later. Hi. Who, who the fuck responds to hi? I mean, <laughs> look at my bio. I'm busy as fuck. I got a lot of stuff going on. You know what I mean? I Come yeah. to my DM with something meaningful or stay the fuck off. Yeah. So anyway, I had, I had to block them today. Oh, gosh. Just coming with the bullshit because they were like, "You're the only, you only respond when it's something you want." And I was like, first off, and you know how it went from there." <laughs> yeah. There was one other situation, and I can't believe I'm taking this time to do this, but this is the first time I think that I've told you this. <laughs> we we talk a lot off air, but this is something that I want to say also. This person sends me videos all the time. They're just sending random videos. I didn't ask for it. I follow them, but I've never had any kind of communication with them otherwise. They don't respond to anything else on my page. 
as far as I know, they're not a book read or listen to anything, but they keep sending me these videos. So I, and I actually take the time to thumb it up or something. And so I sent a message about the voting up the panel. They skipped that and went right on to sending me more videos. So I went and I was very direct. Did you vote up my panel? Oh no, I don't usually vote for stuff that's not presidential or, or election related. I was like, okay, so you keep coming over here being, uh, you know, try, taking up my time with all this bullshit. You can't do the one thing that I ask you for. <laughs> Stay out of my DMs, okay? This yeah. is for my supporters, and that's not you, so stay yeah. out. And any authors out there who are listening to us talk about these things, you really have to get to that point because you just can't let people waste your time. Yes. Time is valuable. Yes. You should know that. I mean, it's great when you admire somebody. You don't have to go, oh, hi. You can go, oh, my God, I love what you're doing. Your work is amazing. Thank you so much. People appreciate hearing that. But if you're just like... I want to poke at this person, see what happens. Definitely don't poke at us if we're women over 40. Uh, okay, uh, and I am not the one. I'm not the one. You will get your little feelings hurt coming to my door. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. in There's a minute. There's going to be some butt hurtness going on. I'm very kind to people, and we, we respond to people. People that come say, hey, I read your book. Oh, I will talk to you all day long. Yeah. But the time, I'm talking about the time wasters. It's true. You cannot respond to everybody, although I do try. Yes. So also, once again, we're here to remind you that if you're listening to our podcast, you can leave us a voice message. Yeah, you can on the Anchor app if you have us on Anchor or you can just get Anchor on your phone and leave us a voice message. We may play it on the air. And we respond to everybody that's in our Sex and Horror podcast group on Facebook. That's right. And you can follow us now on Instagram, Sex and Horror Podcast. Yes. Follow the proper channels, people. If you want us to interact with you about whatever is related to what we have going on, we will do that. Just be respectful. It's been great. I actually have gotten people who message me and tell me about movies that they've seen. Oh, or, good. Yeah. And, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to watch that. And I've actually gotten some great stuff from people who have been following the show. Very good. Very good. All right. So, so Chantel is excited about this. And you are too. I am. I am. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm excited about the, the, the other segment part. Yes. Though, even so more so. The first part here, we're going to be talking about the very first, or part one of it, mm -hmm. versus the 1990 version with Tim Curry. Mm-hmm. So. <clears throat> go for it. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I just ragged on about DMs and stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> it's all good. So, okay. So, I love Tim Curry. I just want everybody to know that. And mm -hmm. I love Stephen King. Mm -hmm. um, I do want to point out the differences between It Part 1. Uh, with our, It was actually called Stephen King's It. And that was Part 1 in 1990. Versus the 2017 version. Um, and I can't remember the, the actor's name that played Tim, that played Pennywise. Oh, Bill Skarsgård. Thank you. Uh -huh. um, so the thing, the major difference is A, one was for TV. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we got to mm -hmm. keep that in mind. And B, one was a movie. Um, oh, well, the rating is a, big, a pretty big deal because that the the first the 1990 version was TV uh, TVG or something um, like yeah it was G. <laughs> wow. And uh, the the current one is R. Is R. Yes, that yeah. is a very big distinction. It is, and I tell you, both of them did a great job in picking up details from the book. Of course, I've read the book. Um, and the book is always, always any any young people listening or people who don't read, they have books on audio now. It reads itself to you. <laughs> so you want to you want to experience this book. It is, of course, amazing. No pun intended. <laughs> um, TVPG, I'm mean, sorry. <clears throat> Oh, yeah. Oh, well, G, PG. I think now it's just plain G instead of PG, right? Oh, is it? Well, I don't know. I, I, think, <laughs> I think it's PG. So, for sure, they did an amazing job with the 1991. Tim Curry was an awesome Pennywise. Mm -hmm. um, I felt like he was very creepy, but very clownish. Mm -hmm. What I liked about the new version, the new It with Bill Skarsgård, is I felt like he was creepy and very non-human. Mm. What do you think of that? Like, especially when Georgie first talks to, the very first time we see Pennywise, mm -hmm. and Georgie's talking to him in the sewer, he's laughing and laughing, then he just mm -hmm. stops laughing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I really felt like he brought that, that strange, that non-humanness to his character, where Whereas Tim Curry didn't quite do that. He was more like being the creepy, you know, fun clown, but yet creepy. Mm -hmm. Whereas Bill really made you feel like, 
oh, that's just weird. It's kind of like, have you ever had like something on your hand or a weird growth and you're like, I don't have feeling in that. It feels weird. What is that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's that same feeling. You're like, this thing doesn't have human at all, anything human about it, even though at first you think it is. Mm -hmm. And that I felt was a very big difference between the two Pennywises. Oh, I see. <clears throat> uh, I guess the, the differences between the Pennywises to me was in the and what they were able to do with the CGI, I guess. Of course, yeah. that's a big difference. Yeah, but you know, I think the actor always has a big part. Oh, in, sure. And what mm -hmm. they're, you know, how we're going to receive what they're doing, mm -hmm. even with the CGI in there. Yeah, true. Um, because I think there was one part in the 1990 version where Tim Curry literally just disappears. Now we know that's a camera right. thing, right? Right. But still, you know, that was like a big oh wow, you mm -hmm. know, for mm -hmm. people watching TV back then. Mm -hmm. um, and Bill's able to do something with his mouth. He's, he even shows it when he's outside the paint. And he, he's able to do something with his mouth that kind of is, is creepy in and of itself. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas I think Tim Curry's clown just kind of had to smile. He's either smiling or not smiling. Smiling yes. or not smiling. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Very much so. And it was the eyes. Oh yeah. Like who oh, yeah. can make those real dead eyes? Listen, uh, and this, <laughs> this is this is a small tangent, y'all, but I get really crazy about certain actors and Bill Skarsgård is one of them. I've been a fan for a long time. If you've heard me talk about him on some of the other episodes, Alexander Skarsgård is his brother. He's got another brother that's an actor too, but Alex can't, oh shit. <laughs> Alexander Skarsgård is the one that was on True Blood, okay? As yes. Eric Northman. So he's tasty. Everybody knows, <laughs> oh yeah, everybody knows him about him. I was, I've been a fan of Bill Skarsgård even more so though because of a lot of the shows that he's been on, him like Grove and then some of his Swedish movies that I've watched. But my point is his eyes are the thing that I have talked about the most because he has some seriously crazy eyes. He does. I have always said even when he is looking fine and tasty, uh, when there there is something about his eyes that looks, it shows the crazy. <laughs> yes, it shows the crazy. So it's interesting that you say that because that is a part of him that's really, really sexy, but also really, really eerie. Yeah, so that that is like this natural yes, feeling of yes. fear when you look at him. Yes, his eyes and his lips. Oh yeah. He got black boy lips. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Um, so yeah, that was the differences for the Pennywise for me. Mm -hmm. I loved both of them. Of course, Tim Curry, I love, love, love Tim Curry. And he'll never be anybody better in my head than Frank and Porter. But that's a different, that's a different episode. Uh, okay. <laughs> now I will say the 1990 version of, of how they look at the town of Derry mm -hmm. was very different than the 2017 version. And I feel like because they glazed over a couple of big points that the book made, mm -hmm. whereas the two, 2017 version picked those up. Mm -hmm. So one of them was the fact that Derry was under the spell of this Pennywise or of it. Mm -hmm. um, and it was almost as if though they turned a blind eye constantly. And it was almost as if though the negative in them was constantly being milked out and, and really created this huge part of who they behaved like. Mm -hmm. And they did touch a little bit of that with the 1990 version. But in the 2017 version, they had it playing on the TV like in the book. You know, you saw the kids sitting on the on the sofa talking. Was it in the 1990 version or was that the 2017? It was the 2017 version where you see them saying, oh, you know, the clowns are great. Clowns are amazing. Mm -hmm. You remember what I'm talking about on mm -hmm. the TV? <laughs> Okay, so they talk about that. Uh, they do that. That's just the part of the background, a little bit of something from the book mm -hmm. in the 2017 version. They also glazed over in the 1990 version the importance of Georgie's death. Mm -hmm. That was the thing that, that the, his brother, Bill, mm -hmm. uh, that was his main focus for pushing his friends to getting into the sewers and, and trying to find out where his brother was. Mm -hmm. And um, It had been a year since it had happened in both versions. And he was like, it was constantly just who he was. It, it was a lot of guilt. It was a lot of sadness and sorrow that he lost his little brother. But he wanted, like, that was what was driving and actually ended up putting each of these six other children's lives in the hand or in danger because it put them on Pennywise's radar. Mm, mm -hmm. Whereas in the 1990 version, they didn't really show that like it did. And they couldn't really do what Stephen King did because there was a lot of stuff where they weren't doing anything to, to hunt the monster. Mm -hmm. They were just being kids, which that part they showed in the 90 version, 1990s mm -hmm. version. Yeah, and that's also the part that just kind of, I zoned out on. Right. Because <laughs> I'm like, uh, where is Pennywise? Can he come kill somebody real quick? Let's get back to the stabbing and the biting and the murder. Yes. 
Well, I loved in the 2017 version that we saw the twisted lady that stands scary picture woman. Mm -hmm. um, and she, you know, she was such a creepy little thing. Mm -hmm. And even though I felt like all the monsters in the 2017 version were so much more scary than anything we saw in the 1990 version that yeah. the kids were experiencing. Mm -hmm. Of course, the ratings difference made a big difference there. Absolutely. I, I want to know why uh, people still live in Derry. Yeah, I, I have two kids. There's no way in hell I would still live in that city. It's because of the, the influence of the monster. Now, in the mm. 2017 version, it shows you that there is a history, mm -hmm. a long history of all these huge tragedies every 27 years. Yeah. Um, they don't do that in the 1990 version. I think they may do it in part two. I don't recall. Okay. Um, but we'll know that next week because we're going to watch both, I think. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to talk about it with Colt 45 or not. May need to see Maybe. if they want to. Mm -hmm. But um, I will say, you know, in the 2017 version, they talk about those tragedies. That's kind of what the um, pudgy guy was doing in the library. Remember, he was looking at mm -hmm. the history mm -hmm. of, of the town. So there was so much stuff that happened and yet people are still living there and letting their kids run loose <laughs> and the other big difference too was in the 1990 version it was set in the 50s mm -hmm. whereas in the 2017 version it was set in the 80s mm -hmm. right so they're they obviously changed that timeline around as well mm -hmm. i really like i said this, this the fear of the monsters was a big thing for me and I, as you know, we're into the horror thing, so we want we want to feel that fear. And I really felt there was some parts that were a little silly, but I think it turned immediately into over the top, like in your face. Mm -hmm. They were really good at doing that. <laughs> like, okay, I see this weird clown like jumping around outside this the screen in the, the garage, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden it's crawling at you at full speed. You're like, what the? Fuck? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was like, whoa. So yeah. if they could take a silly scene that was like, oh, that's kind of laughable. And then in the next 30 seconds, make you feel like you're going to pee your pants. Right, right. So yeah. uh, Another good thing about the old version, for those of us who are in the 40s or so, <laughs> is um, it's we love Tim Curry, but not just Tim Curry. If you were to look at that now, you'd see Richard Thomas, Tim Reed, also Harry Anderson, who died last year. And uh, John Ritter, who died yes. in 2003. Yeah. So, you know, those are some good reasons to, to flash back to the, to the original version. And I know there's a lot of people that are like, the original was fine. You know, I get it. You know, I love the original everything, which means I love the book more than anything. <laughs> but yeah, That's the original. That's the original. Right. But you know what? We need to, I think authors like Stephen King, even though he's as famous as he is to us, Mm -hmm. The newer generations only right. know him a little bit. Right. And his stories had some decent, like, uh, what's the word, lessons yeah. in mm -hmm. them. But for Stand By Me, I loved Stand By Me, but I would like to see that brought back in a way for, for the new generation. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they even really need to remake it. Maybe they will. But mm -hmm. I loved that show. Talk, you know, that, that shows you camaraderie and, and what it's like to really have each other's backs, which is what this show is, is also doing as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. And they made a pact to come back if this evil resurfaces. That's right. So that, that being dependable and loyal, that, that is a big lesson in this. It is. Mm -hmm. um, also, you know, the other thing that I noticed, and I'm almost done with this because we got we got so much to do. <laughs> but the only thing, the other thing that I noticed was, of course, again, the ratings have a big difference. Yeah, they could have got away with it a little bit in the 1990 version. They did not show you the creepy underlining sexual thing between um, the daughter and the father. And her father, yeah. Um, and that came out in the 2017 version, which was good because it helped us to understand how this person was so scarred and traumatized by this, right. this this experience as a child because in the 1990 version we flash forward and we see she's with this horrible man mm -hmm. who's beating her mm -hmm. and making her degrading her and it's kind of like she's putting up with it and putting up with it and then she's reminded again because in the 90, 1990 version we see that they are they have lost their memory as a child we may see that again in this coming part two mm -hmm. um, but you know back you know in the way they did the tv version it kind of flashes back to when they were kids so we see that they have you know as adults once they left the town they forgot all about it mm -hmm. and then once they get the call from mike all the memories come back mm -hmm. and so that reminds her that she's actually 
tough and she can fight for herself. Mm. Um, but they they had to glaze over so much of that because, I mean, this book was really, really, really long. Mm -hmm. So they only had so much time to really, you know, the actors, I mean, if you were a lover of the early version and that's your version, there was a reason. It's because those actors really did it justice. Mm -hmm. They read those, they read the book and they made sure that they try to convey all that emotion that those characters in the book were experiencing. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see what, what's, do you know who's playing any of the characters? I know James McAvoy is, uh, really? yeah, he's the, the the main character. What was his name? Bill. Bill. Yeah, oh, that's who he is. Now. Yeah. Um, I've seen some of the others. I can pull it up on my phone real fast, but um, yeah, it's, it's I, cool. I'm sure everybody's like, I don't care. I just yeah. <laughs> since I right, we're gonna watch it anyway. But since I follow James, I see him posts about it. Nice. Yeah. So that's exciting, and, and again, she talked about the the characters from who played the characters before, and it was great to see all those faces. Again. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I really enjoy the, the the 2017 version, and and I'm always hypocritical when I go watch these remakes, and I like them, and I'm talking about I'm tired of remakes, but here I am enjoying the remakes. I am, I really am enjoying the remakes, and I, I like the way this this storytelling was done in the 2017 versus the 1990 version where a lot of it was told in, in flashbacks. Right. And they had they had so much more screen time to give us um, and dedicate to Stephen King's original concepts right. of what these children experienced. Mm -hmm. And I think it, it was great because it showed the real trauma of that of life in Derry. Mm -hmm. I mean even the bully was he was so worse, so much yeah. worse. Yeah. Um right. And, and he actually, you know, they show him murder his father, yeah. you know, um, which was part of what made him go into the state institute in the mm -hmm. first place. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm I'm very, and I'm also very happy with the new rating. I like the I like the R and yes. its gruesomeness. And from when I first started watching the 2017 version, and you see what happens to the boy on the boy's arm, yeah, you know, right from the beginning, it's like, oh, that's how we gonna get down in this movie. I like it. Yeah. Now it's another movie about kids being harmed and I know I've said that that's right. something that bothers me but you know uh, this being a horror film um, uh, you know it's to be expected it is about yes. the kids fears being preyed upon so it, it's right. gonna happen I, I did not have a sense of feeling grief and sadness for these kids no because they were fighting back mm. you know and I think you know I, I'm gonna tell you all a true life story I, I worked with a woman whose daughter got taken from school oh that is awesome. and she was freaking out I was at work with her of course she was freaking out her daughter mm -hmm. had been taken that little girl fought her way away from that person and Good. got away Good. and I think it's things like this stuff like this movie that makes children go I don't have to do what an adult mm -hmm. tells me if they meant mean to harm me right right Very and I think that's right. you know that is an important message um, do you let, did you let your kids watch this one I'm curious uh, they have not yet they mm -hmm. want to and we will we will watch it. Yes. I will let them watch it. Um, Get prepared for them to want yeah. to sleep with you. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're actually pretty good about, about it. I mean... Because um, it's know, creepy. Yeah. This is, I love that. I, I brought up the clip like... Pop, 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 pop. Oh, yes. <laughs> I've shown them that and, you know, but I'm, I'm laughing at it when I'm showing it to them. Sure. With his, Pennywise has a sense of humor. Oh, yeah. Very twisted <laughs> and, Yeah, and it's funny to me. So I show them that, especially when whenever I'm talking about something popping, then and then I'll, I'll bring that little clip up and show it. So <laughs> they, they are going to watch it. And probably real yeah. soon. Probably That's soon. cool. Yeah. Well, I will say, the last thing I have to say about it, my favorite part about the new version versus the old one, they show the haunted house that it lives in. Mm -hmm. And I love that. Home. Yes, yes. Like I, I wouldn't want it to be dilapidated if I had it as, mm -hmm. to be my own home, but I love that old style. It's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's, I wouldn't say it's beautiful to me, but it is haunting enough that I, I love looking at it and looking inside. Like some of the, I get caught in the details that I'm not supposed to look at when I'm watching the movie. I'm just supposed to be paying attention to what the kids are doing, right? Sure. I'm looking off trying to, to look at the framework that's going right. on the inside of the house. Yeah. <laughs> But it was, it's, it's 
creepy enough that it draws my I'm looking sure. yeah and yeah. paying attention to the house itself that's awesome no mm-hmm. I, I thought it was great um and of course it's set in the 80s and you know that's always a plus for me right we get to see one of the, the kids from Stranger Things and that was awesome too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so and and especially because in Stranger Things he's such a different type of character mm-hmm. and so to see him in this movie cussing and going on it's really <laughs> funny <laughs> well you know what another thing that stands out about this it movie franchise to me is the the idea of the nerds being picked on yes Uh, they're either the lucky seven or the losers club you know however you identify with them but i i like to see the outsiders fighting back i like to see them winning and Mm -hmm. though they suffer some trauma in the process it it is showing their empowerment though it does it really really does yeah because when they when they understand that their fears are are what's or, or what uh, is driving Pennywise, then they learn to use that against them instead right. of being, instead of it being used against them. That's right, and they learn to pull each other through the terror that they're experiencing. Like Stan, it was always the weak link of the group, mm-hmm. and he would just like he that fear was so palatable, like he mm-hmm. could not stop himself from getting into that fear, and so his friends just kept helping him, you know, pull. Like, remember this and think about that. And that's how you do it, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think that was important to show that even though, you know, maybe one of your friends may be experiencing something, you know, if you're talking to someone's children, um, they can, you know, be helped through situations. And I Mm -hmm. think that's another lesson kids are going to get from this. Um, We were kind of talking about ratings uh, with what we can allow children to see. And I think it's just, it's it's always going to be down to what the parent thinks after watching it. Yeah, yeah. I, that's something that I'm always kind of struggling with because my kids want to watch a lot of stuff and and I'm kind of, I'm much more liberal in this regard than my parents were like we didn't sure. watch anything but as you can see it didn't <laughs> it didn't really keep me from doing anything you know what I mean so sure. it's kind of like well why am I going to shelter them from it why yeah. don't I kind of let them watch it and then talk about it with them exactly so that's the approach that we have yeah, I get that yeah well I'm just excited about part two yes just days away that's right Anything else on this? I think that's good. Okay, that was fun, Chantel. Yes, I love that that topic, but the next one is even more fun. Yeah, this is the kind of shit that gets me going. (laughs) (laughs) Even more so, but for different reasons. Yes. Um, We're going to talk about movies that I loved, and I'm not sure if Chantel loved them yet. She'll tell me. But these are the films that feature threesomes, but with one woman and two men. That's the bottom line. Yes. Uh, it's some are MMF, some are MFM. Uh, but the distinction between the ones that are easy to find are that this has a woman at the center, and you know it's it's uh, it's multiple men. All right, and I, I like to write things like that too. My whole rock star uh, series is, is, is about it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Well, you're going to take lead on this one, so let's talk. You start. Okay. And don't let me talk too much now. Come on. Oh, no. <laughs> I do get carried away, especially with stuff like this. But Angels of Sex is a movie that people need to know about. It's a 2012 movie. It is uh, filmed in Barcelona. And we have Carla, Bruno, and Rye. Those are the main characters. and Not their real names, but the main characters. Very and beautiful people. Yes. And for all the movies, and I'm gonna go ahead just in case I, just in case Chantel tells me that I'm talking too much and we need to wrap it up, and I won't be able to say a whole bunch about the other ones. I will tell you what the other ones are before I get back to Angels of Sex. Splendor is 1999. That's a Greg Araki film. By the way, I love Greg Araki. You have got to check out his stuff. Okay. Uh, some of his other stuff. Uh, real quick, Greg Araki uh, Greg is the writer and director for Splendor, but he has also done, and you've probably heard of these films, Mysterious Skin with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. That was in 2004. Mm-hmm. He has been on Greenleaf, Riverdale. He's a part of 13 Reasons Why. Ah, and I know you watched that. I do. Yeah. And now Apocalypse, which is a, a new one that's oh, on. Um, I what is that? that yet. Is that Stars or Showtime? I can't remember. I can't remember either. I've I seen that one. Uh, other uh, beautiful people always, but he has Avon Jagaya on that one and Tyler 
Posey. And Tyler Posey. Man, he works <laughs> with some beautiful people. Yes. He also did, um, he wrote and directed Doom Generation, which is my third film that falls under this umbrella. And that's 19... That, oh yeah, that is a 1995 movie. Yes. So I have seen all of these movies 20 years ago or more, and um, I watched them again, you know, just to refresh my memory. But I love them. I I watched, yeah, I got to watch a couple of them, one I could not find, but I'm definitely interested to hear about it. Okay. <laughs> uh, and he's also, by the way, he's worked, Jonathan Sheck was in Splendor and Doom, The Doom Generation. Ah, okay. He is so fucking beautiful. <laughs> I had he was very chiseled, chiseled his face. Yes, I, he, he, is, he is gorgeous. He retweeted me one day. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, yeah. I have, and I included him. His his name is mentioned in my very first novel, Shameful. Actually. Oh, yeah. Cool. Just, she shamelessly. <laughs> <mentioned it. laughs> I don't like to say too much about the details that are in the books, but you know, just throwing that little bit out there. It's always interesting when I, if I fangirl over somebody, or if I, if they become some kind of muse or whatever, if I get some interaction back on them, that's always kind of interesting. That's very cool. Yeah, yeah. acknowledgement yeah. is always. Good. Yeah, he retweeted me one day. So, Angels anyway. of Sex. Angels of Sex. Um, this is MMF. And for those of you that don't understand what that means, that means the guys are involved in some way also. Yes. They are very involved in this film. I love that shit. Yeah. All right, I'm putting that out there now. Uh, my husband doesn't really watch these porn films with me when I watch them. It's not something that he enjoys, but I love it. There is a big um, movement for male on male for for females. Mm -hmm. um, I've met a few of these writers, and it's um, something that is actually really prevalent out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I have learned that there's more people like me that really enjoy seeing this, and I don't I don't really know what's so hard to conceptualize about it. Why wouldn't I enjoy it? If I like watching men, if I can watch one that's solo, why wouldn't I enjoy seeing multiple together? <laughs> it makes logical sense to me. Yeah. For me personally, it's not my favorite um, genre to observe. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not because I don't, I, I find it gross or anything. I just feel like it doesn't do anything for me. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. It, it's kind of like, you know, watching someone eat seafood. It doesn't make me hungry because I don't like seafood. Uh, I don't know. Gotcha. I don't know how to explain it. You right. Know, if that makes sense. The thing I like about this particular um, type of movie is that you explore a lot of the the social norms and what things are things that are called considered deviant. And yes. so um, they really go into that with this movie, mm -hmm. and it's probably because it's set in a Latin culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal, marriage. By the way, if you watch this movie, you want to watch the subtitled version unless you speak. And this isn't Spanish, is it? What is I don't, well, it's Spanish, but it's not uh, Latin Spanish. I think there's like certain, there's two different types of Spanish. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, my my good friend who's from Mexico, Miss Veronica, mm -hmm. shout out to her. Um, she watched it and she's from from Mexico and she didn't need subtitles. So. Oh, okay. Okay, good <laughs> so, Yeah. Uh, this movie, <laughs> Angels of Sex, I've actually watched four times. This is my fourth time watching it. And the one time I watched it and I put my friend Kendralyn on it. Shout out to D. Kimber, what did she go by? Denver Carrington. Yeah. She's one of my uh, beta readers. Oh, nice. Yeah. So uh, she is, she watched this one and she's like, oh yeah, that was a good one. She loved it. So I'm just saying that to say that you might love it too. If you've not seen it, check it out. It's, um... Well, it's not just about the sex. Talk a little bit more yeah, about how this, yeah. the storyline goes. That's right. It's, uh, well, this was probably, this is an NC-17 rating, though, by the way. So be prepared if that sort of thing skews you out, okay? So I don't think there's any full frontal nudity in it, but there is a lot of nudity. And a we lot do of, see the female full. In the, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's yeah. true. There's a lot of pale bodies. Oh, yeah. A lot of pale skin running around. <laughs> yes. But it's it is an exploration of their of uh, sexual fluidity, and from that they also have to deal with their their relationships. So there's a couple, mm -hmm. as most as most of these movies start out. There's a couple, yes. and then a guy enters, <laughs> literally, <laughs> he, he enters the picture, 
the picture either with the guy or the girl right. first. Right. And so I liked how this was done. There's a whole other backstory going on around her and her situation. Yes. And we also get her relationship with her mother. Yes. And how her mother is interacting with her father. Mm-hmm. And how that kind of... Well, she's really bending her reality and who she wants to be mm-hmm. to please her husband. Mm-hmm. That's the mom. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that is a thing in the Latin culture um, that, you know, once you're married, you stay married. A lot of Latin men are cheaters. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of you do what you need to do to make your man feel good and happy about your marriage and you don't give him a hard time if he steps out of the bedroom with someone else mm-hmm. it's, and it's such an, an like push in someone's mind um, that it was on this movie I think was a big uh, influence or shock or it shook the, the Latin world um, up you mm-hmm. know over that concept and I know as I've gotten older I've actually seen older you know Latin couples Mexican Hispanic what have you um, divorcing because that was something that was never even I mean you think hmm. the American concept of divorce has come a long way mm-hmm. I mean there's still plenty of places that that is you know in Latin South, South America that that's just like you might as well be cussing God out you know, <laughs> uh, up and down the street to mention the word divorce well her mom you know people were very critical about Carla's reaction to it okay so just so you know um, there's the guy, um, the boyfriend is the, the first one that steps out with this guy. Yes. And, uh, not that he didn't give, um, Carla, the, the, mm-hmm. the daughter, the girlfriend, um, hints that he had interest in her. I felt like he did. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and I thought that that was something major. This, the particular guy, the third wheel here. Um, he's just one of those people that is just kind of, he just kind of has an irresistible sexual energy, I think. Mm-hmm. And he steps in the room and everybody's kind of attracted to him in some way. Sure. And, but he was also, you know, he's very in tune with people. Like he, mm-hmm. he stepped up as a protector for the boyfriend. I'm going to say Bruno. He was a protector for Bruno in the very beginning by yeah. behind, because of something that happened. And when he met Carla... He he gave her a gift, so he's showing that he's very thoughtful, right. and you know it's kind of hard to resist somebody like that that's very attractive already too. Yes, yeah, he was light skinned blue blue eyes. Are they blue? Yeah, they were yeah. kind of electric. And if you if they're focusing their attention on you, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's all kind of electric electricity and chemistry. The chemistry was outrageous in this movie. Sure, yeah, all the way through. Uh, with so people were giving Carla shit, her mom too, over how. She dealt with the fact that her boyfriend was with a, another guy. Right. And and I think Carla made it real clear that her situation for with open and honest communication was a lot better than what her mom had going on by, by pretending that her dad wasn't cheating. That's right. That, to me, is pretty significant. Well, that that plays right into, you know, my my emotions about any kind of sexuality. I feel like mm-hmm. I've always been a no-label type of person. Mm-hmm. Um, very fluid in the concept of who you're attracted to and, and, and what your interactions will be with them. But it always comes down to agreement. Right. Um, communication. Communication. And agreement. And agreement. If you can agree upon what you are willing to accept and both of you stick to that agreement, mm-hmm. then there's no reason why things can't work out. But the problem is sometimes people are sometimes just agreeing to please someone. That's right. And, and it's you, not really what they want. That's not it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's this to me, this movie was the perfect storm of finding the right people at the right time in their lives yeah. to make this kind of relationship work. Mm-hmm. Because in reality, it's like one in a hundred thousand, I think. You think? Yeah. To mm-hmm. find people who... Because I've worked... I, I've been a hairstylist a long time, as you've heard on the show. And I've worked with a lot of gay men. Mm-hmm. If you are a gay man and you're with another man who's bisexual, you're eventually not going to be okay with him sleeping with a female. Mm-hmm. So you have to truly be bisexual, truly be happy to be with either person mm-hmm. in order to share someone with mm-hmm. another person. Well, you know, and that that was pretty important, I think, in this movie, too. They, they, um, the boyfriend never really said whether he was gay, whether he was bi, whether, you know, he just... He was attracted to Rod, and he said that this is a very different thing for me. I've never experienced this before. Um, he just wanted this guy, 
And he still loved his woman. He still wanted Carla. He still wanted to be with her. And he wanted her to accept that. Right. And for her, she had to make a decision on whether or not she wanted to be with him after that. And sure. so uh, when she met Ryan, she she immediately was attracted to him also. And, you know, things developed with them also. Yeah. Rye, it was interesting. He he just owned being uninhibited sexual. That's right. Sexual. Non-binary, non I think is what it's called, isn't it? Like when um, you don't particularly decide. Pans. Oh, it's pans. Yeah, okay. non-binary <clears throat> identity, gender identity. That's correct. But um, with, uh, in his case, he didn't say whether he was gay, bi, or either. You know, what he, right. he just just does what he wants to do right and, he and, and you know that's not a common concept for non for people who are american non-americans right. that's is much right. more common yes in america we are based off the concept of christianity unfortunately we say we're in the land of the free but we were born and bred as an entire continent of people who believe in god mm -hmm. um whether you practice that or not now as an adult um a lot of what you do is going to be based off of that concept yeah. And so seeing movies like this, you really have to step outside of what you know to be true mm -hmm. and just observe it to see what it, what it is of its own. Mm -hmm. And be, um, you know, instead of following rules, societal rules for the sake of following rules, That's you right. are, they, they're communicating, they're expressing what their desires are, and they are, um, they're, they're exploring polyamorous relationships right. and, and open relationships but with them you know i begin to wonder are they going to stay together like is it just going to be these three they're happy for now and i love the way it ended yes but will it become you know, the dance oh yeah oh my god and i watched the, the whole dance you know the, <laughs> you know the movie's over yeah <laughs> but the music is going and they are just so happy and they are dancing around together and i just love it every time i watch every little bit of it even after the movie is over because awesome. it's so beautiful to see them happy together at some point though are they going to want to bring in a fourth person are they going to have children <laughs> you know are you know and our society is so you know narrow-minded even though we now have legalized gay marriage it's still really hard if there is somebody who's polyamorous like how would you legally be able to support your partners you know what i mean so mm -hmm. it's it's always something that because society has the rules that, that it does mm -hmm. you have to you have to be willing to up your responsibility for each other and again it may change you know it mm -hmm. may change that's why i always tell my girlfriends i know a lot of women over 40 they like to date the young boys the ones in their 20s you girls know who i'm talking about out there <laughs> and it's great but they have time to waste and you don't <laughs> they can spend as much time with you as they want and then in 10 years go eh, i want to do something different and that's kind of a situation like that you may find somebody who loves being polyamorous and then in five or ten years go eh, I want to do something different. Right, right. And you should be able to do what it is that you want to do. And you, you have know. to make sure you're okay with that. Again, mm -hmm. it's all about the agreement and communicating what that means. Mm -hmm. Carla and I wrote down one quote she said. She said, if you love someone, you don't inhibit or shackle them. Yeah. And so that that's pretty much the basis of this whole movie. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, if you yeah. love someone, you don't inhibit or shackle them. And and also to be to be who you really are. Um, do you think Bruno... I will tell you... Oh, you no, 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 go hear, ahead. Well, I will say this. I know as an American female, I tend to worry about being in a relationship. This is probably why I never wanted to be polyamorous. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> because if somebody decides you're in this relationship with two men, what if they decide they don't want to be with you anymore sexually? Mm -hmm. And so then you're in this situation and you're the married partner and everything's legally going through you and all of a sudden you're the beard. Mm -hmm. So that's that's the thing that my mind thinks about because mm -hmm. I, I again it comes to agreement and communication. Mm -hmm. But you know, I always my mind always will go to how can the woman be fooled by the men? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Unfortunately, mm -hmm. that's how I think. Mm. And so I really worry like, well, I, you know, I've seen those movies with the women who were married to a gay man in the 50s mm -hmm. and they never realized he was gay. And a divorce was never a concept back in the 30s, 40s and 50s. Mm -hmm. So you were stuck with this man your whole life, having had sex three or four times mm -hmm. until you're an old woman, mm -hmm. you know, and one of you dies and you sleep in separate bedrooms because... <laughs> He doesn't want anything to do with you. I think I might actually axe murder. So. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, I, when I when I watch a movie like this, I I come away thinking, wow, lucky girl. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is one lucky girl. Yeah. But um, I, I think the, the important part here is that they loved each other. Yes. Like it, it wasn't just it wasn't a sexual thing. Like you know, he was they had a the couple themselves together. They had an active good sex life. Yeah. And then they had an, an active sex with this other guy, you know, mm-hmm. but it went beyond that. So that's what made them happy, you know, yes. that they they all loved each other. And, and that's good. And that's yeah. and that's a hard place for a lot of people to see. And that's why I said I felt like this particular this particular movie was like a perfect storm. If these three elements could come together, right, right, this would be the result. And it's really hard because you have to be very confident in who you are. Oh yeah, and you have to be willing to truly share and trust each other in a very deep and intimate way. Mm-hmm. And you got to be able to deal with the fact that some people are going to look at the three of you while you're at out and think you're crazy or That's nasty right. or filthy or whatever. That's right. And just be like, well, I'm happy. Yeah, it's none of your damn business. Right. (laughs) So, did you like this one? I did. I did enjoy it. Good. What about... Yo, you couldn't... You didn't couldn't find that. You couldn't find Splendor. No. Okay, then I'll tell you real quick. With Splendor... Splendor... When I saw it, this is one of those that got my brain churning. I was dating another guy back during this time. Y'all, this movie was 1999. I didn't even know my husband then. I wasn't even in... uh, I was in North Carolina then. So don't get butt hurt. Yeah, it was a long, long time ago. (laughs) But um, it was... It's uh, In this movie, we have Kathleen Robertson playing Veronica, Jonathan Sheck, the babe, playing Abel, mm-hmm. and Matt Kieslin playing Zed. Now, I might murder these names that I'm not familiar with. I don't know if that's actually <laughs> Kieslar, Matt Kieslar, or whatever. It's close enough. Okay. <laughs> and, and I try to look him up. I don't know where he is these days. Oh. I, I didn't see him on social media. Hmm. But um, uh, Jonathan Schecht is, is active online, like I said uh, earlier. But with this movie, this one is a lot campier. All right. Mm-hmm. And maybe because it's an American film. <laughs> Could have been. And, and she's narrating the what's going on. And so that I'm, I'm kind of irritated by that. I did like the movie now. But... On watching it again after all these years, you know, those are the things that kind of jump out at, uh, to me as why it's not as great as Angels of Sex. And Angels of Sex is, by the way, that's the American title. They're, that's right. The um, the Spanish title is is something. It's in Spanish. Yes. Okay? <laughs> Which is why I didn't recognize it when you first told me. Right. Because I knew it in the Spanish way, but I don't remember it now. <laughs> right. I will post the covers on my social media so you know which movie because there are other movies named Splendor and, and Angels of yeah. Sex and all that. So I can make sure you get the right one, people. With this one, and, and this also applies to Angel of Sex, it's, it's if you are attracted to two people and they are attracted to you and they are okay with negotiating you being with the other person also, then why do you have to pick? You know, you, you yeah. didn't have to pick. And that's, it, that I thought about that from the, the show Lost Girl. Did you ever watch yes, Lost Girl? Okay. She was a succubus. Yes. And she had a girlfriend and a boyfriend. And a boyfriend. I stopped watching after season three. Did they ever come together and all agree to be together? They did not. Okay. That's what bothered me. Yeah. I hated it. Why did she have to pick? I met them, by the way, at, um, at Comic Palooza one oh, year. Nice. Yeah. Chris Holden Reed is the one guy that I've met that that I froze. Chris Holden Reed is the one that played Dyson. I don't blame you. <laughs> no, I, I think I've mentioned before that there's been one person that has um, caused me to freeze up and uh, that was him, Chris Holden Reed. I completely froze. He, he played the werewolf and uh, on, on this show and he also played the werewolf on Underworld Awakening. He oh, played okay. the werewolf on that movie. Um, but, uh, I did not understand why she had to make a choice between the two. Um, jealousy is usually something that these couples have to deal with or throuples have to deal with initially in the beginning when they're negotiating what they're going to accept, what the rules are for their relationship, when they're talking and, and having open discussion. But you can't get around to open and honest discussion. That's right. That's the main thing. So with Splendor, she met both of them on the same night, almost at the same time. 
So she she had she was out of the club and she had been sexually inactive for a while. So she wasn't somebody who who picked up random men on a regular. But this particular time, she met both of these guys and she instantly was attracted to them for different reasons. She was mm-hmm. attracted to one for the connection that they they had, you know, the, uh, a mental connection, mm-hmm. and the other was just straight physical animal attraction. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and it's one of those things where you meet. Uh, Two people, why do you have to pick? You know, because you're not in a relationship with anybody yet, right? But they, I don't know about the Latina culture, Mm -hmm. Latino or Latina, Latinx, there we go, culture, but usually in the black community, they expect you to drop somebody, especially as a female. Sure. When you start dating somebody, otherwise you the hoe. You know right. what I mean? Exactly. And they don't use hoe in a in a in a great way. They don't use it in a flattering That's right. manner. You are automatically somebody that is not wife material, etc. But right. why should you have to limit yourself if you just met somebody, even if y'all are having sex, you don't you you can still see other people. You can That's still right. date. Yeah. So anyway, she was pretty open and honest about it with both of them. Mm-hmm. And they agreed that they would be all right with it. She fell in love with both of them. They fell in love with her. And um, there was, this is not an MMF, although there's a kiss between the guys, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, they pretty much just, you know, they focused on her. Okay. And the thing that complicates this relationship, like you said before, is if kids come into Gotcha. Yeah. If, if there's a child involved or a pregnancy scare, you know, things start getting a little more complicated. But I like the way they work things out. And it took open and honest communication between them two. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, who wouldn't want two hot, faithful guys? I mean, I mean, if you're, if you're a heterosexual you know, female. It brings me a question in my mind. Do you think that in order to, like, if you were a male... And you were accepting this situation between, like in this particular, you're sharing your, your woman with another man. Mm-hmm. Do you think penis size, like, would play it? Oh, sure, like sure. Like if one was bigger than the other, like, no, yeah. I can't do this shit. Well, they, <laughs> the, these two, you sh- they they show the, the little jealousy stings, the, the jealousy bites here and there okay. with, with between these guys. They did. Um, and it was good, you know, like they, they used to rag each other out a couple of times, but mm-hmm. when it came down to it, they still looked after each other. You know, okay. it, it became more of a friendly bond between the guys, okay. more like a, maybe brothers, maybe, because they did kind of, you know, they picked at each other, but not well, in a know, hateful way. Yeah. And, and really, um, your sexual partner becomes your family. So it's a very mm-hmm. strange. Yeah. And they're all sharing a bed. And actually, this is the part that would have. She goes through a period where they get on her fucking nerves, <laughs> and and that's the that's, that's the part. All yeah, that's that's kind of real because you know there comes a part where you got to realize what if they're both snoring. Oh my know? god! <laughs> what uh-huh. if you know they you know they're both getting on your nerves at the same time? It's no longer just one man. You know when my husband's uh-huh. getting on my nerves, that's just one. Yeah. But can you imagine have another man in here and he's getting on your nerves at the same time? No. So we go into this maybe Why thinking murder. That <laughs> you go into this thinking maybe one guy you know is is going great at this time. The other one might be getting on your nerves. But no. What if they're both getting on your nerves at the yeah, same time? Yeah, that's just too much. Yeah. <laughs> that's just too many penises in the room. <laughs> and one of the one of the um, the characters said something like, oh, "This is during a time where she overheard them talking some some other girls talking about her in the bathroom." And because you know, news is going to travel if you're of doing course. something that people considered perverse and deviant or whatever. Absolutely. And um, one I of guess. the yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody said, "Nice, the nice girl types are always the biggest sluts." Wow. Yeah. Now, that's interesting. You know, these type these type of things kind of irritate me to be honest because Well, it's a stereotype. Yeah. And and she's she's with two men that are they're all in a faithful committed relationship. Well, you know, what about your situation? Your situation if if you have uh if you're a serial monogamous person, then you're going from man to man to man or girl to girl to girl whatever the situation might be. I, I have a problem when people attach judgments on people of and course. stuff like that. Exactly, which is just just silly. Yeah, if you have a, a different relationship every week, 
you know, and you consider yourself being monogamous, okay, not every week, maybe like every other year, then yeah. you could still end up racking up more of a number than somebody that has That's two true. partners for 10 years. That's right. You know? That's right. I, I mean, I, I laugh because I personally have, I think I've only been in three relationships and two other quick situations mm-hmm. when I was younger. So it hasn't been a huge amount of people that I've been with, but I'm pretty sure I'm versed in most sexual things. Mm, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I definitely would not consider myself a good girl. I don't think I am. By, by the well, I, I'll tell you what. If, it, if I had to pick, pick between nice girl and bad girl, I'd rather be called a bad girl anyway. Fuck yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. All right. Uh, Speaking that, of bad girls. <laughs> moving on to the next one. The next one, and we could be real short with this. The Doom Generation. Yes. Rose McGowan. Mm-hmm. And James Duvall, and I already mentioned uh, Jonathan Sheck. And you saw this one. I did. So I'll shut up for a minute. Well, I will say this one reminded me of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. It's okay. very much, they're all doing drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a lot of drug trippy stuff happening. And it's set in the 90s, and it's so 90s. Mm-hmm. It's like the Doc Martens and everything. Mm-hmm. And that was awesome. Um, Rose McGowan has beautiful breasts, and I was so jealous. I'm like, I want a job now. Thanks a lot, bitch. Well, that's <laughs> why Marilyn Manson had her then, huh? It must have been. Yeah, she, she must have attracted him because of this movie. Um, and you know, actually, and a side note here, Marilyn Manson dated a friend of mine, and Rose McGowan in this movie reminded me of her. Oh, really? So that's this would have been after then. he knew her. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Anyway, mm-hmm. so um, yeah, I thought it was a very interesting in this one. Um, it was an MFM, right? Mm. Yeah, uh, this is MFM. Yeah, because I don't think the guys were ever together. Well, they they almost were. Almost. Yeah. And I'm so mad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mad she had to go pee. <laughs> I know. Right? That's how oh my right? goodness! I wanted that to happen the whole time. Uh, Jonathan Sheck. Is. Lots of sexual tension between Yes, he is in this guy's face the whole time, and I really just wanted to mash their heads together. <laughs> oh my goodness, I wanted to see that. And it was such a good period of their lives. They were both very beautiful, beautiful mm-hmm. at that point in time mm-hmm. in their lives. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I honestly think Jonathan Sheck is still pretty handsome. I need to see him. I haven't seen yeah, him. Yeah, he's still pretty handsome. He's I believe just got more gray. <laughs> oh, well, like I, I do. That's nice. <laughs> this one is pretty campy. Um, it's and and so many I mean I think they're trying to see how many times they can say the word fuck and, yeah and, or and, 666 yeah they're saying dumb stuff like uh, she said um, cat my fuck I got that written down here is that right no she said eat my fuck eat my fuck <laughs> she says a lot of silly stuff like that all the way through and it's yeah. like what Oh my yeah. goodness. I used to be like that when I was younger. I was <laughs> really stupid as shit. You'd be like, what are you talking But it, it is deliberate here. It's deliberate. Yes. And there's a metal tone. I, I, I need to go check the soundtrack out because um, even oh, yeah. James Duvall's character is wearing a ministry t-shirt mm-hmm. right in, in the in the mid, in the beginning. And I was like, oh yeah, that's right. And I think when I watched this in 95, I didn't recognize any of that because I wasn't listening to metal. Oh, So okay. I didn't pay attention to any I of mean, the industrial music or anything yeah. that's played. It opens up with uh, Nine Inch Nails. God yeah. Is, God yeah. is Dead, which is, of yeah. course, very mm-hmm. much what they wanted to push, that concept. Right. Because this is the American's version of what a three, thruple? Thruple. Thruple. You know, I got that word from Eric Carmelo when he was that's on our show. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Um, so this was an American version back in the 90s of what it would be like for three people to start coming together like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, they they. they put a lot of drugs in there yeah (laughs) it wasn't a lot of um, talking about what was happening it was just much more reacting 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 yeah and the the kill theme keeps coming up the 666 theme keeps coming up we're talking about the apocalypse regularly this one um you know i'm not i'm surprised it doesn't fall into the horror genre too it has to in some way i didn't see it listed like that on imdb but it should be it's very gory people yeah it's it's gruesome i love that a little puppy get hit yeah it's it's a violent movie yeah (laughs) it really is and in in the very end, it ends in violence. It kind of yeah. reminded me a little bit of um, the one with uh, Juliette Lewis 
Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Natural born killers. Mm-hmm. Yes. A little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, back in those days, if you look at some of the 80s movies that were done before, right before this movie would have come out, it was very much kind of like Clockwork Orange, violence for no reason, mm-hmm. um, just to have violence. And I think there was a lot of anger still coming out of the youth when we were pulling up out of the 60s and 70s into the 80s and mm-hmm. 90s. So I think there was a lot of that rebelliousness still happening. And then grunge blew up not too long after that. Yeah. And uh, this was a, a, a Greg Rocky film, like I mentioned before. Yeah. You know what? I'm just I'm going to see if I can't find him. See if I can get him on the show. That would be cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Now you know that you're busy with Netflix. And all. <laughs> now that I put that out into the universe, Greg, I'm coming after you. Yes. A little, <laughs> bit, of, a little bit of haunting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a fan of his work. I have watched a lot of his stuff. And so um, I know that he is good for bringing on some beautiful people yes. and for giving me some steamy sex. Scenes. Yeah, and speaking of in 13 Reasons Why this season, my God, so much sex. Really? Oh my God, so much sex. It's insane. But now remember, all the characters are 18. Oh, okay. So that could be why they've really crossed that line with them in this particular season. Okay. I heard it was depressing, so I did not tune in. I did not watch. Yeah. But maybe can I just skip through to this season? Yeah, you can. The first season is definitely hard. Yeah, okay. because you're dealing with the suicide. Yeah. And then the second season, you're like, oh, wow. You know, it's kind of like all the fallout. It's important to see the second season if you're going to watch the third season. Mm, okay. Yeah, but maybe I can catch you up on it. Okay. So you don't have to. And then maybe we can talk about it on here one day then. Yeah, I mean, it falls into the horror genre. It's just more real life horror. Oh. Because there was a murder at the end. Oh, that's a, oh, okay. Yeah, but it's all over a rapist. Mm, so okay. it's real life stuff. It's based on a real, real life story? I don't know that it's an actual true story, but it's stuff that happens all the time in schools. Okay, I mean, I could do, I could deal with that as long as it's not a real, if it's, as no, long as it's, it's not, not based on a real life murder. No, not a real life murder. Mm-hmm. Which is why I never watched The Strangers. Remember that movie, The Strangers? It came out, gosh. 10 years ago or so. I'm not sure. There was a Liv Tyler, I believe, played the main character. And it was mm, based on a real okay. woman's experience. But they said that the woman was so traumatized, she couldn't even tell them the entire experience. Oh, God. I couldn't um, watch it. I'll stay away from that no. one, too. <laughs> and they never caught the people who did it. So I was like, no, I'm not watching that. Well, see, I, I could watch something <laughs> like Irreversible. We can talk about that on the show. Oh, today. Right. That's when they get some real revenge. I'm all about that. Oh, okay. We'll yeah. have to watch that then. Yeah. <laughs> All right, it's all well, about cutting off the penises. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we just lost some of our male uh, listeners. <laughs> They're just kidding. We'll stuff them and keep them. <laughs> Put them in jars. That's right. <laughs> all right. Well, I think we've been um, entertaining. Hopefully. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed this crazy roller coaster ride. Yeah, I might do some editing. Oh, that's probably a good idea. Yeah. We do want to remind you guys to come see us at our events. We're going to have a lot of fun for the, before the year's over. Yeah, love to see you uh, when we take this this show from behind um, our house into the Comic Con world. That's right, we're taking it from behind. You what totally I said that. You said we're taking it from Take behind. it! <laughs> <laughs> All right, goodbye, people. Before we say something else, yeah, take care. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Sex and Horror. Make sure you subscribe and join our Facebook group. If you'd like to be a guest, let us know. If you have a topic to suggest, a movie, TV show, book, song to be featured, let us know. You can follow me at ChantalRenee.com. And I'm at Dicey Grinner all over social media. You can find me on my website, DiceyGrinnerBooks.com. See, See you, you next week, week for Sex and, and Horror. Horror.